The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Currently, Christianity, as the word is broadly understood, represents the largest and most successful religion on the planet. More than two billion human beings, around one-third of all mankind, consider themselves to be a part of the Christian faith. And yet, to any honest observer, it is clear that worldwide Christianity is a confusing mess. It's a cacophony of differing and competing sects and denominations who disagree on matters both large and small. How did a religion started by one single man and based on his teachings come to be a confusing Tower of Babel? If you were tired of the utter chaos and confusion in Christianity and want some straight answers, then stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Tomorrow's World. I'm Wallace Smith and it's a real privilege to discuss today's topic with you. Now, later today, we'll offer you a powerful free booklet that explains in detail how Satan the devil has influenced the modern state of Christianity and what you can do about it. It's called Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. Be sure to be ready when the information comes up on your screen so you will be able to request your free copy. Now here at the beginning of our topic today, I want to remind you of a story. It's a true story, and it's told in Genesis chapter 11. After the great flood in Noah's day, humanity all spoke the same language and decided that they would build a great giant tower to reach all the way to heaven. We read that God saw their efforts and their arrogance from heaven and decided to intervene. Miraculously, God changed all the languages of the workers so that the people could not understand each other. Can you imagine the pandemonium that must have ensued as suddenly everyone around you is speaking a foreign language? Utter chaos and confusion reigned up until the people just gave up and the project was abandoned. To this day, the Tower of Babel, where God confused the languages of mankind, remains a symbol for chaos, confusion, and disorder. Now today on the earth, we have an incredible multitude of languages. Now, while linguists have difficulty determining the exact number, the estimates generally say that there are currently about 4,000 to 5,000 languages on planet Earth. But now, turn your mind's eye from that day in the past to the days we're traveling in now, in our time, and let's consider the state of the modern Christian religion. How many Christian denominations do you think there are on planet Earth? That's a difficult question to answer, but some estimates claim there are more than 30,000 different denominations of Christianity in existence today. Now, if you think four to 5,000 languages makes for a Tower of Babel, what do you think of 30,000 groups of people, all claiming the name of Jesus Christ, all claiming to speak in His name, all claiming to be doing His will, His work, all claiming to cling to his teachings. 
and yet split up and splintered into thousands of different groups with different beliefs and different teachings and different works. As a world religion, Christianity bears the name of Jesus Christ, presumably its founder, a man who walked the earth almost 2,000 years ago, though frankly, he was more than a man. His teachings and those of his disciples were collected in a book that we call the Bible. Beginning with one man whose teachings were written down and faithfully transmitted through the centuries, you'd think that what Christianity is, what its beliefs are, and what its very purpose should be, should be very clear. And yet, when we look at what is called Christianity in the world today, clarity is the last thing we see. Even the most casual observer of the religion today would have to agree that the religion called Christianity seems a confusing mess and looks more like a modern Tower of Babel. What is Christianity supposed to be? What should Christians do and believe? When we ask these questions and then look out into the world of the Christian church for answers, what we see is a bewildering set of contradictory behaviors, beliefs, and standards. Less a, a spiritual symphony than a confusing cacophony. You know, let's take a quick survey of some of the differences in the denominations of Christianity. If our eyes could scan the earth and the hearts and minds of men in an instant like God's. And let's start with the book that Christianity claims as its own, the Bible. Now, some believe the Bible is the perfectly inspired book that is the ultimate authority for all Christians. Now, others believe the ultimate authority in the church is a hierarchy of men whose opinions and decisions are more important and supersede the Bible. Still other Christians have several holy books, and the Bible is only one of them. And then there are those who believe that the Bible is a good book, but not really divinely inspired at all. Sounds confusing. Okay, let's look at some Christian doctrines, such as, well, who and what is God? What is the nature of God? Well, some will tell you that God is a trinity of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Others will say there are only two that are God, the Father and Jesus. Others still will say that the only the Father is God and that Jesus was a just man or maybe an angel or something else or that Jesus was maybe the same person as Adam. Even on this fundamental issue, there is confusion. What about the Ten Commandments? Surely we have agreement with them. Well, no, we don't. Many believe that Christ did away with the commandments on the cross. And then others think that some of them apply, but not the seemingly strange ones like keeping the Sabbath. And then still others believe that the church has changed the commandments based on its own authority to do so. Okay, well, let's ask Christians about the reward of the saved. Some will say the reward is to go to heaven when you die and stare at the face of God for all eternity or float on a cloud with a harp. Now, others will be more sophisticated and say that you go to heaven and it's like life now, except without any of the bad things. And then still others, calling themselves Christians, say there really is no afterlife. And the entire purpose of man is to live as good a life as you can before you die. 
Then there are those Christians who actually incorporate Eastern ideas of life after death into their beliefs, including things like reincarnation. Okay, let's look at warfare. Some Christians say that it's a sin to fight. Some say, on the other hand, that it's a sin not to fight for your country. And then actually, history has recorded. Many wars have been fought between two sides, both of which call themselves Christian. Christian fighting and killing Christian. Finally, let's consider the purpose of the church. What should it be doing? Is it alleviating suffering through soup kitchens and building homes for the homeless? Is it feeding hungry children in third world countries? Or is it lobbying in the halls of government to change laws and to force one's country to be more Christian? Or really, is there no real purpose at all for the church as a whole? Is it just a matter of keeping your nose clean until you die? My friends, we didn't hit the half of it. We could sit here, you could sit there in your home, and I could stay here on your screen and list these kinds of differences all week long, and it only get worse as we went. Is this absolute confusion really what Jesus Christ intended? Near the beginning of the church, during the first century, the Apostle Paul wrote some letters to the Christians in the ancient city of Corinth. And in one of them, he writes, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. What we call Christianity today doesn't look anything like an organization or group of people with one mind and one judgment. It looks rather much like a, a confusing free-for-all, a tower of Babel with competing voices from all sides. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is alive and well and glorified and sitting at the right hand of his Father in majesty and power. And that he is actively running his church from heaven, making decisions, guiding his church according to his will. And yet we have to ask ourselves, does the vast collection of human beings who call themselves Christian today, do they look like a people being directed by one omnipotent leader from heaven? Friends, let's be honest with ourselves. Either Jesus Christ is the worst CEO in history, and I don't think that he is, or else there's something else at work behind the scenes. And so we're confronted with two inescapable facts. Inescapable fact number one is that the religion called Christianity, which is claimed as their own by over one-third of humanity, is a confusing mess. Inescapable fact number two is that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. If modern Christianity is a Babylon of confusion and God is not the author of confusion, then I think we've come to an important point in our discussion. How did Christianity come to this deplorable state and what can you and I do about it? Is it possible to find the true religion of Jesus Christ? Not simply a version of Christianity, but the version we will discuss the shocking and encouraging answers to those questions in just a moment.
But first, I want to offer you a free book directly related to this topic. It's called Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. The fact is that Satan the devil is real, and he is the source of all the confusion and the bewildering array of Christianities around us. This is one of our most demanded booklets, and it will demonstrate the incredible deception that Satan has practiced on an unwitting humanity. The booklet costs nothing. We simply want you to have this eye-opening information for your own study, for the benefit of you and your family. Call us today or visit us on the Internet and request your free copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. Now, how did the Christian church, founded by one man at one time, come to such a chaotic state of affairs? As I mentioned before the break, Satan the devil is real. And the church Jesus Christ founded is his number one target on planet Earth. It is that church that teaches his ultimate destiny and the powerful truth that mankind will be used by God to replace his rule on this planet in the kingdom of God. He hates that church, and he has attacked it from the very beginning. Now, how does Satan attack the church? His tactics and their powerful effects on modern Christianity are all documented and explained in great detail in our free offer today, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. But for us today, let's simply open our Bibles and see the earliest record of Satan's handiwork for ourselves. If you do have a Bible with you, I recommend that you look these verses up, or at least note them for later. We here at Tomorrow's World do not want you to take our word for the powerful things we're saying. If you simply listen to us and don't see it in your own Bibles for yourselves, you probably wouldn't believe us. So check up on us and prove these things for yourselves out of your Bible. Now, when we do look into God's Word, we will see that from the very beginning of the Christian church, the doctrine began to be compromised, and the apostles faced a constant battle to keep the teachings that had been given to them by Jesus Christ pure and unadulterated. For instance, read the Apostle Paul's impassioned words as he seeks to keep the Corinthian church solid and in the faith. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. 
Different versions of Jesus began springing up shortly after his crucifixion and resurrection. And Paul wrestled spiritually with the Corinthians to keep their mind focused on the real Jesus Christ, not the fake one, and the real gospel, that is the real message that Jesus Christ brought to this earth. Very hard to do. When, as Paul says himself in verse 14, Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Paul faces this throughout his ministry. Notice his words here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. The mystery of lawlessness was already at work in the church in the first century and at the time of the apostles. In the next verses, Paul explains that that mystery of lawlessness would be alive and well in our day in the end times. But for now, turn with me to Jude 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation... I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Finally, let's consider the third letter of the Apostle John. 3 John, verses 9 and 10. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, pratting against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Chaos in Christianity today should not surprise us because it has been working its way in from the very beginning. From the outset, there have been those who wish to turn the church away from the simple teachings of Christ. History tells the tale going forward. You can read the writings and accounts of faithful Polycarp and Polycrates in their generation right after the apostles as they attempt to defend the faith against the charges of Anicetus and then Victor in Rome. And those men's desire to replace the apostles' practices with other traditions. In all the power plays and doctrinal compromise and political intrigue and ultimately violent persecution in the growing Christian Tower of Babel, how can we know that the original faith survived? The faith as Jesus Christ established it and intended it, the pure and simple faith, uncorrupted by the stain of compromise and politicking and the wiles of the devil, how can we know that it still exists? We can know because Jesus Christ promised us in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 that the grave would never prevail against the church that he established. His true church would remain a little flock just as he described it in Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. Christ promises us that it is still here, still on earth somewhere. Our only question then is how to find it. And we'll discuss how to do exactly that in our last segment today. 
But first, I want to take a moment again and offer you our amazing booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. This booklet goes deep and will also explain both what Bible prophecy says lies ahead for Christianity and what you need to do to see through the ultimate and final wave of religious deception that is growing in intensity in the very days we're now living in. For those who really want to know the truth, this little book pulls no punches. There is no cost for this booklet. We're supported by thousands of volunteers across the globe who believe in the message we are preaching and who want nothing more than to be a witness to the truth in these end times. So there really is no cost or obligation. Request your copy today. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. now we ended our last segment with a question. In the midst of this confusing and bewildering landscape of differing and competing churches and belief systems that call themselves Christian, how do we find the real thing, the small but faithful flock that Jesus Christ promised would remain until his return? We must be able to look at ourselves and ask a courageous and fundamental question. If I discover that the beliefs I hold are false, and that my practices do not match up with the teachings and commands of Jesus Christ, am I willing to change? Most people, if they were honest with themselves, would often answer, no, I'm not. The confusion of the Christian Babylon may be ungodly, but it is, after all, comfortable and familiar to all of us. But for some, the hunger for the truth outweighs the desire to be comfortable. John 6, tells us that God is actively calling some to a relationship with Christ and giving them the courage to say, yes, if I'm wrong, I want to change. I'd rather be right with God than to live apart from him only thinking or pretending I'm right. For someone like that, someone who longs for the truth, for the real religion of Jesus Christ, then it's in the scriptures waiting for you. And doesn't that make sense? I mean, if you're trying to cut through the confusion that has built up over 2,000 years of churchianity to understand what Jesus intended for the church, then doesn't it make a great deal of sense to go to the teachings of Jesus Christ himself? If anyone understands what Christianity is supposed to be, it ought to be Jesus Christ. 
That's why here at Tomorrow's World, we constantly say, don't believe us, believe your Bible. That is the only inspired, time-honored source for the teachings of Jesus Christ. And if what we say is not according to this book, then you need to reject what we say. But when you look in that book, you will find a Jesus Christ whose teachings are simple, straightforward, and yet completely out of step with modern Christianity. For instance, consider just one of the questions that we asked earlier. What does Christ teach about God's laws and God's commandments? Were they done away with like so many of those who call themselves Christians believe and teach? Let's look, for example, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The Sermon on the Mount teaches that Christ did this by making sin a matter of the heart and not just the body. For instance, he says there that a man who looks lustfully on a woman is just as guilty as someone who commits adultery. How is that doing away with the commandment about adultery? Let's continue. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Heaven? Earth? They're both still there. God's commandments are not done away. We could read so many places, such as 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, where Christ says that those who claim to know him, but who are unwilling to keep the commandments, are liars, ignorant though they may be. And Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17 and chapter 14 and verse 12 describe the church as having the faith of Jesus and keeping the commandments of God. There is so much more. But notice how plain this is. When you strip away all the philosophy and the arguing and the creeds, councils, catechisms and confessions and just read the book, how beautifully plain it all becomes. If you are hungry for the raw truth, then you need our booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. This information has been kept from you for too long, and you simply cannot fathom the wonderful and powerful impact that finally knowing the truth will have on your life. Don't forget to request your copy today. And don't forget to come back next week. Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King, and I will be here waiting for you with more life-changing truths buried in your own Bible and with the incredible gospel of the kingdom of God. See you right here next week. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
to view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.